Hello, everybody. It is Corey Poirier, and excited to be back with the latest episode of the show. Really excited as well to have a first-time guest. As our listeners know, I love bringing on new guests to the show, introducing them to our audience. Uh, so, Kim Sutton, really excited to have you here today. And Kim, I think the best starting point would be perhaps to get you to tell us a little bit about your backstory and or journey for those listeners who haven't perhaps heard of you before or haven't run across your path before. Oh, sure. Thank you, first off, Corey, for having me. I'm so honored to be here. And hi to listeners. I was trained and experienced as an interior architect. I went to the top art school in the country. And I, I designed high-end corporate interiors in Chicago and New York before moving to Ohio in 2004, where I started designing schools. And as a lot of us have experienced, especially entrepreneurs, with the downturn of the economy came a lost job. And because I was designing schools, bond issues stopped passing here in Ohio, and the taxpayers are the ones that were paying for the school renovations. So in, interior design is not a sought-after field here, and I needed to find something else to do. I, I started rolling burritos at Chipotle, got kicked off the line because my burritos never stayed together. <laughs> <laughs> and life just took a, a few really amazing up and downturns. I got divorced. I got remarried. And in 2012, my amazing husband decided to pursue his dream of becoming an independent video game developer. And he went back to school and we realized that we needed more money. So I had two options. I could work at a gas station. And I'm not saying that anything's wrong with that, but I would have to do it third shift or I could start my, my business. And I really had no intention of it becoming a business. I put a couple of proposals out on Elance and within just two months, I had to give my notice at my job. I was, I had moved away from Chipotle and I was an administrative assistant and I gave my notice and the rest is just be, uh, has just been an amazing journey. I've gone from being a virtual assistant to a digital marketing strategist and through a very interesting life transition, I started my podcast and I'm sure we'll get into that at some point. But I'm the host of the Positive Productivity Podcast and Infusion Certified Partner. Oh, and a mom of five. I forgot that because that leads into everything else. <laughs> wow. Uh, so we just recently had our very first and we're older parents. But whenever I hear a mom of five, you know what? I have such a newfound, I've always respected moms. I was raised by a single mother, but such a newfound respect for anybody who's actually raising multiple children. Because it's, wow, it's a lot of work. Oh, it definitely is. And Corey, I believe I shared this with you when you were on, on my podcast, but our last two were completely unexpected. Actually, all of my kids were completely unexpected. But my husband had the grand idea of having one more. And we had her and decided that was enough because she made number, uh, I need to count, five. She made number five. We each came into the marriage with two. And we went to make it official. And the doctor told me I better sit down because there's twins. <laughs> so, you know, just when you think you have life planned, something like that happens. And the last three came after I started my business. Wow. That's, it's, it's, it's so amazing. And uh, at the same time, um, I think people overlook the fact that being a mom is such great, um, for lack of a better way of saying it, training ground for being an entrepreneur, because there's so many of the skills I think that, that translate. Oh, it, 
it definitely does provide an awesome training ground. I mean, you have to figure out which is the highest priority at any given moment. So, you know, talking about um, social media strategists, because that's, you know, truthfully, that's such a big, um, I guess, uh, you know, such a big challenge because there's, well, first of all, social, social media and digital marketing is changing every two seconds, it seems. On top of that, there's certainly a lot of people in the industry. So can you, first of all, Kim, tell us what some of the maybe challenges are being in the industry, maybe even in relation to that, the fact that there's so much competition and at the same time, the industry doesn't seem to want to hold off for at least two or three minutes to let people catch their breath? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to clarify just a little bit. I don't do so much of Facebook and Instagram or LinkedIn strategies because there, like you said, there are more than enough people doing that already. I found, especially being a mom of five, that there was a lack of focus on automated marketing and evergreen marketing. So what I do is get in behind the scenes and, and I'm I apologize, Corey, I'm not trying to pitch it, but I love setting up systems that can keep on working even when we're not. And that is, that's a huge problem for entrepreneurs because a lot of us try to work 18 to 24 hours a day and we forget to sleep, right? Absolutely. And it, a lot of it comes because we don't have our system set up in the back end to handle our marketing for us even when we're sleeping. And so that being said, though, you know, there's certainly um, on the digital marketing side, there's, it's still, I, I, you would probably say an evolving industry, like it's always changing and never sort of slowing down because, uh, you know, obviously the fundamentals, you know, stay the same and, you know, what works in terms of building a system probably stays the same, but correct me if I'm wrong on this as well, but I would think there's elements of it that constantly are always changing, improving and evolving. Oh, constantly. Just last night, I was watching a training on bot messaging, in specific, ManyChat. And this is something that is new just in the last two years. I mean, Corey, when I, when I went to college, social media marketing wasn't even around. Facebook wasn't even around yet. So we can all say, you know, what would we want to go back and learn if I could do it all again? I can't say social media marketing because it wasn't even around then. Sometimes it feels like it's impossible because it really is. It's impossible to keep up with the trends if you're trying to keep up with all the trends. So what I found was that I needed to really focus on one or two. And in my case, that's been Infusionsoft and lead pages. And so that, just so that I can focus in and not dilute my efforts. And so that, you know, that I guess brings up a, perhaps a follow-up question, Kim, but when you mention, for example, lead pages, I'll use that example. And, you know, whenever I think most people that have used lead pages, you know, they think, of course, the squeeze page, uh, you know, in terms of terminology. So is that one of the things you help people with in terms of building, let's say, for an example, their email list while they're sleeping by having a, uh, an offer or something they can basically put out there to 10 people to say, you know what, I want to first of all grab this offer and at the same time, I want to learn more about this person's work, et cetera, et cetera. Is that one of the things that you help people with? Yes, absolutely. That's, that's one of the biggest things I help people with. And so I guess likewise, you know, maybe I'll follow up that because I, I you know, I, I, I'll go from experience. And so I always think if I had this experience, I'm sure a lot of our listeners have as well, but I've had certain offers that have, let's say, converted really well. 
And then I've had a lot of offers that not so much. And, and there were, there's different variables, but one is how do you sort of drive people to it, whether that's Facebook ads, you know, maybe it's Google AdWords or whatever that might be. And then the second part is having something that people by you know large percentage decide to opt in for. So can you perhaps, Kim, share even a few you know tips for those people that are either just starting or they're in that process now and they'd love to have one or two things to help them out? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to use myself and my business as an example here. I have three pillars in the positive productivity brand, and they are support systems and self-care. So what I've been working on doing is building one lead magnet for each of those different pillars. So all of my blog articles are also revolving around those. And one of the things that I notice that a lot of people do is they have one lead magnet that encompasses their whole brand, but they don't think about what they're really digging into and what the end result is that they're providing to clients. What are you helping your clients get as a result of working with you? Then off of that, I use Meet Edgar. You can also use Social Jukebox or Buffer or Hootsuite, but I love Meet Edgar because it allows me to fill up a whole queue or a whole category of 25 to 30 different tweets for each of the lead magnets. And Twitter is such a different beast from Facebook and LinkedIn because I can have tweets going out every hour, if not more frequently. And I spend very little money on Facebook ads or any ads for that sake. And I'm still bringing in a lot of leads every month just because I'm constantly putting it out there. So I guess to, to, to tack onto that, is that when you mentioned Twitter, so is that one of the big ways that uh, you're able to generate leads and, and opt-ins is through, as you said, using Meet Edgar and scheduling tweets that sort of, uh, I guess, bring people to those opt-in pages? Absolutely. That's one of the huge ways. And I also, Corey, this is important for podcasters. It's important for bloggers to remember that when you put out a blog, when you put out a podcast, you shouldn't just put it out and forget about it. I always recommend for my clients, and I do it for myself too, I create a couple Facebook and LinkedIn posts. I create five to 10 tweets for each of those blogs, for each of those podcast episodes. And I put them into Meet Edgar. And again, you can use Social Jukebox or any other tool. And they're constantly going out well into the future. If your post is, is specific for a certain date, then this tactic might not work as well. But because my posts are constantly going out, they're always driving people back to my site where they see the offers to opt in. So I'm getting people into my funnel that way as well. And so, I, you know, and again, I, I always think of if, uh, you know, I think of it, what's, what do I sort of question whenever I see tweets coming out and what have you? So, and, and also what am I concerned about when I'm sending a lot of tweets out? Have you run into, because this is, I think, what a lot of people worry about with social media. And as you said, Twitter's its own beast. And so even though they may not run into it with Twitter, they may have that fear they will because maybe they ran into it with Facebook. But with Twitter, as you mentioned, you're sending tweets regularly and you're maybe sending them to the offers. Do you run into a scenario where people say you're sending that offer a lot or, or you know, if they see it because they can see it down your feed that you've sent it maybe, and I'm just using it as an example, but three times this week, do you run into anybody saying, I've seen that too much? Or because Twitter is so constantly evolving and changing, most people won't see that original tweet anyway. 
I have never gotten that complaint, Corey, ever, because it's so constantly changing. People go onto Twitter and they may spend a minute or two going through the feed. Unlike Facebook, where they're going to go and spend, let's just let's just be honest. You have no idea how much time you spent unless you have a timer on because I know when, if I start scrolling on my Facebook feed, I can easily lose a half hour, hour, two hours. I've seen my husband lose hours. I'm throwing him under the bus here. <laughs> but there it's a lot easier to see if somebody has posted the same thing over and over again. But nobody has ever complained on Twitter. Wow. And so... Now, here's the other question, I guess, then, when you're helping clients, do you use a mix of strategies, i.e., what are your thoughts on, for example, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram? Have you had varying levels of success with each of those in terms of also driving people to opt-ins, or are there ones that you just don't find a lot of success with? Or, again, I'm just thinking of that person saying, you know, where should I spend most of my time, you know, assuming that uh, that each of those platforms appeal to them where would they normally spend their time? Do you have you know, experiences with, um, like, like I say, good and bad of each or mostly good or what's kind of been your experience? I would have to say that Twitter with the strategy I just shared is picking the, the low hanging fruit. So I always start with there with clients. And then the next one that has worked really well is Facebook, although Facebook is constantly changing, as we all know, a lot of people forget about retargeting. So always remember to put your pixels on. And when you do that, then you can circle back around and get people. You know, if, if you don't, the bad side of Facebook is a lot of people will put up ads without realizing who their true audience is. So there's the lack of knowing that costs a lot more money. LinkedIn, LinkedIn is good and bad. Because you definitely want to make sure that the information that you're posting is relevant to the people that you're connecting with. And one of the downsides that I've seen people doing on LinkedIn is not accepting every connection that comes in. I don't know why you would possibly want to not connect with somebody on LinkedIn because it's, it's not like Facebook. You're not sharing family photos probably on, on LinkedIn unless it has a lot to do with your business. But even if it did have to do with your business, that's how you're going to grow. And you want to connect with as many people as possible. Yeah, that's a great point because uh, in terms of you're probably not doing that, if it's not related to your business, what I've experienced with uh, LinkedIn is people will call you out on that. If, you know, if you're just sharing personal stuff or family, you know, or, or even people that are, are sharing stuff that's not appropriate for LinkedIn if, for whatever reason, people I find on LinkedIn will call you up quicker than anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, something else that I have seen getting called out on, and I've, I haven't called it out, but I always shake my head when I get an instant email, or not even an email, an instant message from a new connection in LinkedIn selling me on their services, or I'm instantly added to their email list, and I didn't sign up for it. I'm very protective of my inbox. I'm very protective of my time. And it's not good to add people to your email list without their permission. It's actually violating can spam laws. So for listeners who are doing it, just stop. You can actually get fined for that. Yeah, I was actually going to say, especially in Canada right now, I mean, I don't know how much they pursued it, but they put a pretty strict, pretty strict laws into place 
that scared the you know the heck out of a lot of people because basically it was it was so strict that it said you can't send um, an email to somebody unless they give you permission to send the email but you have to prove they gave you the permission it, like it actually almost made it encumbersome to do business but the whole reason it started was because people were complaining I'm tired of people adding me without asking yeah and especially in Canada Corey you can get I believe it's a $25,000 fine yeah, that's, yeah that sounds about right and then uh, you know, on top of that, I mean, then you have your basically, I'm going to say red flagged. So every time you send emails, you're going to be, you know, I guess, potentially watched. I mean, so you had other variables too. But yeah, so I agree with you completely that the cost, first of all, I don't understand the morality of adding somebody without asking them. But secondly, at the same time, again, like you said, I mean, you're also risking fine and red flags and everything else. Absolutely. And I have to tell you, I actually told a client once that I would not take a list that she had gotten from somebody else that was not her own list. I would not take it and put it into her Infusionsoft account because not only could she get fined, but I could get fined as well. And I wasn't willing to risk the, li the livelihood of me and my family and my business on that. She actually, she fired me and then she tried to sue me. But when I could show that that's illegal, and here's why I'm not doing it, then it was dropped. Wow. Yeah, so I mean, such a great point. And so I guess, you know, as we start to wind down, and there's never enough time, uh, you know, Kim, I'd like to bring you back on again to follow this up with your permission. But until we get there, uh, I'd love to ask you about um, your, so what we do is we ask sort of three common questions that we ask every guest. So usually I'll, I'll focus on diving into what they spend their time doing, like in this case, as we talked about the digital marketing side, and then I'd like to finish off with three key questions if that works okay for you. Absolutely. Awesome. So the first question is about passion. So I'd love to get your thoughts. Our, our, you know, our show for years, uh, the name is Conversations with Passion. And what I've found in, in recent years is that there's a real big pushback to that word passion in, in that, you know, some people say I love it and, and, you know, live my life by my passion, et cetera, et cetera. And then others say, I'm so tired of hearing people say follow their passion. So I'd love to get your thoughts on, do you think passion is important? And if so, why? I think passion is so important. And it's because I have found that my ability to procrastinate when I am not passionate about the work I'm doing is tenfold. And it also led to me having a period of anxiety and depression when I was not following my passion and was instead following income. So yes, I believe it's 100% important. And then the second question of the, I'm going to, I'll give you a heads up, there's going to be three. Uh, second question of the three is how do you define success? Success to me looks like emails that come in from people who have been helped regardless of whether or not they paid me for help. Right now, it looks like emails that are coming in from listeners who have said, you know, I've been going through that struggle. Thank you for letting me know that I'm not alone. That, that lets me know that I'm heading in the right direction and I'm doing what I should be. Love it. And so my last question, Kim, and I'll call this the last official question because obviously we want to know and our listeners want to know how they can learn more. So I'll give you a heads up. My next question is just going to be how we can connect with you and learn more. But before I jump too far ahead, last official question is simply, if you could sit across from a younger version of yourself, you know, maybe 20 years younger, whatever that age, you know, when you could use the advice the most, but give yourself one piece of life advice based on what you've learned since then, what do you think you might tell her? Stop being scared of being you, 
people need to know who you are and hear from your experiences. Wow. Love that. And it's funny because my, uh, my girlfriend, I finally asked her this question after asking over 4,000 uh, right now people in interviews this question. And hers was stop uh, wearing so many masks and be authentically you. So there's definitely some synergy there. Absolutely. Uh, so Kim, my last question again is simply, how can we connect with you and learn more? Where's the, I guess, sort of hub or where would you send people uh, if they want to learn more, if they want to you know, grab anything that you have or all that kind of good stuff? Yeah, the hub is at thekimsutton.com. And remember to put the the in the front. So thekimsutton.com. And all my, social all my social media links are right there in the header. And you can listen to the podcast and subscribe. And everything is right there. Awesome stuff. Well, like I say, Kim, this has been an absolute pleasure. And again, with your permission, let's call it a to be continued and keep this conversation alive going forward. Definitely, Corey. Thank you so much as well. Oh, thank you, Kim. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.